And, and we're going to start off a new, I'm going to start off a new series for us this morning. It's called Necessary Sins. You go, dang, that, that, that sounds serious. It is. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to take you, some of you are, are, you know, some of us, we go, well, you know, there are just some sins in life that are just necessary. There are some sins in this world today that everybody would agree that's wrong and always bad, though. How many of you know? How many of you know murder's wrong? Going into a school and shooting other people is wrong. Come on, is that wrong? I mean, let's not be confused around here. I mean, stealing is wrong. Y'all sure? I mean, you know, and so, but unfortunately in our culture, what happens is there's other sins and some of us will go, well, you know, Pastor Bubba, these are more acceptable. Some might even say they're just necessary, Pastor Bubba. And so even though that we may not, we, we might, we, we, we know that they're more acceptable, that doesn't mean they're right in God's eyes. Amen. And so this morning, what I want to do, we're going to look at this series and, and we're going to talk about just you know, ordinary sins and how we try to rationalize those things that we do and decisions we make. But we're, we're going to look at them from God's perspective. Not from my perspective, not from other people's opinion, but we're going to look at what the Word of God says. How many of you know that it's important what the Word of God says about things? Yeah. And so I appreciate all those amens around here. Right. Let, let, let's make this a prayer this morning. If you want to turn with me or if you want to just look up here, it's in your notes. If you got notes, it's in Psalms 139. And it just said, this is David. And he's speaking to God. He goes, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know any anxious thoughts. How many of you ever had anxious thoughts? Three of you, okay. <laughs> Point out anything in me that what? Offends, Offends who? You. So who's he talking about? He's talking to God. Offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. You know, there's a... There's a, a preachers that they, they've done things like this, but there's a preacher uh, somewhere not far from here that he actually had an assignment and, a, and some homework for some people in his church. He said, next week, we're going we're gonna to talk about Mark chapter 17. And I want you to go home and I want you to study Mark 17, read it. And I'm going to call some people out and ask you what Mark 17 has to say. So... You know, they went back and they went back home and some of the people and what happened is he got up that Sunday morning and he goes, all right, who did their homework and read Mark chapter 17? And so there was only about three people that stood up and he goes, hey, let's do this. Let's give everybody that, that read Mark chapter 17 this morning a round of applause. So people started clapping and they were excited and people that were standing up, they were just like, you know, how when you do something, you know, you kind of. And so they did all that. And he said, by the way, we're going to go turn right now to Mark chapter 17. And we're going to begin to read from verse 1. Let's go ahead and turn there. And you can turn there this morning if you want to. And so what happens, he begins to turn there. And they go, okay, let's see. Mark 14, 15, 16, Luke 1. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. 14, 15, 16, Luke 1. Can I just give you a hint? There is no Mark 17. <laughs> and the pastor got up and said, today, we're going to entitle our message called lying. <laughs> and so this is what I want to do this morning. And I'm not going to have a pastor trick on you, you know, but, you know, but not only did they lie, but they lied in church. That's like lying on steroids. <laughs> if you lie in church, you know what I mean? Come on. 
And what that, and so what, how many of you have ever told a lie? Come on. How many of you have ever told a lie? And anybody that doesn't have their hand up, you look at them, you are lying right now. <laughs> Bible says we've all fallen short. We've all lied. And so, you know, one of the things you learn as a kid is to lie. You don't have to teach kids to lie. My son's baby boy, uh, Zach, Pastor Zach's son, his name's uh, uh, Timothy. We call him Tim Tim. He's cute, a little blind head, a little curly. And when dad, and I wish I had the video. Zach would have done it for me, but it was cute. And he walks into the master bathroom of his house, and Tim had found some clippers. And he goes, and scissors or whatever. And so what happens, he goes, Timothy. Did you cut your hair? And he's got like a, like, it's like, you know what I mean? And he goes, no. How many of you have kids? How many, how many of you know they lie? They're cute. They're wonderful. They're fun. But they lie. I've had my children, you know, where they've eaten chocolate. And they go, did you just eat some chocolate? And they got chocolate. No, I eat no chocolate. You don't have to teach them. You know, and so how many of you know, I want to talk to you about what, what God thinks about, about lying. You know that God hates lying? God hates lying. Proverbs 12, says this, The Lord detests lying lips, but he, dis, dis, he, he delights in those who tell the truth. In other words, detest, if you look at it, if you look at it in the Greek and what the test really means, it really means something so disgusting, it makes you nauseous. In other words, it makes God want to vomit. See, John says it like this. John 8, 44, and it says, John says, Satan was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. In other words, he don't care about the truth. For there is no truth in him. How much truth is in him? None, okay? And so when he lies... He speaks in his native language. For he is a what? A what? He's a what? He's a liar. And the father of. You know, how many of you have heard that phrase where he speaks with a forked tongue? So Indians saying, what Indians used to do, in order to find out truth, what they would do, they would put a knife, they would get their knives, I'm just got my little, they'd get their knife, and they would put it in a hot fire to where the blade would glow. And what they would do, and they, would, they didn't believe what the guy was saying, or they weren't sure if he was telling the truth, is what they would do is they'd get it red hot, and they'd make them stick out their tongue. And what happens is when you lie, all your saliva leaves your mouth. Okay? But if you're telling the truth, there's saliva there. So what happened when they'd put that, the tip, you know, and it would stick, you know, uh, uh, I wash it after service. <laughs> and uh, and it, it would stick. They would know that they were lying. So they would say, you speak with farked tongue. And your tongue would be farked. Again, come on. How many of you like, I mean, I do that with my kids. Do not do that with your children. <laughs> okay, I've never done that much. I've been tempted. But that might be one reason. See, God sees the enemy as a liar. And when he's a liar, he just reveals who he really is. He gets around with lies. Today, I want to talk to you about two big things. And I want to accomplish. First, I want to, I want to talk to you about how it is that we lie. 
And, the sec- and then I want to talk to you, go, go down a little step closer into our hearts and talk about why it actually, why, we're de- why we deceive others. And so that, that, that we could be, maybe we can just be a little more transparent instead of trying to make people think and allow the Holy Spirit to do a cleansing work in our lives. Is that all right? That's what we want. How many of you want God to do a work inside of you? Good, four of you. So how do we lie? How do we lie? We, let me give you the first thing we do is, how many of you know that we lie to others sometimes? You know, Jeremiah says, friend deceives friend and no one speaks the truth. I'm going to tell you, here's a fact. Ladies, I'm going to tell you something. Y'all are bad. Y'all, y'all lie three times a day. That means women speak a thousand lies a year. The husbands, I knew it. I knew it, Pastor. And just when y'all think, men, you think you're good, let me just tell you something. You lie six times a day. And wives are going, mm-hmm, tell the truth, Pastor. You ain't married to my man. He more than that. He's, he's lying on steroids. How many of you know we lie when we're late? We lie when we oversleep? We lie when we get caught in traffic? Come on. We lie to cops when they pull us over. I've talked to a few that work here, that come here. They, they, in fact, you, some, no, no, I'm not going to go. We lie about the real cost of anything. How many of you know what? You always try to go down to the lower number when you're trying to explain what you bought. We lie about why we don't go to an event. Let me just share a couple of personal things. I mean, you know, I, 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 I traded in my little truck a couple of years ago, and I got a great deal on my truck, Okay. And when I went to go get a new truck, I brought, I don't bring my wife when I deal with things like that, okay? I don't need her to know her numbers and all those things. I'll take care of business. So when I get home, she goes, I go, hey, how you? She goes, it's nice. I like it. How much did it cost? And I go, well, and here's what I, you know, I was like, okay, I can't tell her completely. So y'all going to pray for me a lot more way by the time this service is over. And I go, well, it, this is how much it costs. She goes, is that before the trade-in or after the trade-in? I'm like, it doesn't matter. This is what we owe. And she goes, it does matter. How much did it cost? I didn't tell her how much it cost for a long time. Two months. Okay. Come on. I was trying to make it look good. Come on. Don't look at me like I'm half crazy. Because y'all have done the same thing. See, I'm just doing public confession. I'm feeling good after this. And see, you know, and it's like I, I read a story. This guy's name's Armand Hammer. He actually was the, the CEO of Occidental Petroleum Corporation at one time. And they had this big write-up about him. He lived till he was about 92. And what he did, he said by the time he was 21... He was a millionaire, and then he had artwork that he got from the Russians, and he was an art collector. He was an entrepreneur. He, he, he would give benevolence money. He would help people. He was a philanthropist, and he did all these wonderful things. But by the time he died at 92, there was a Harvard professor. He said, I just want to do some research on Armand Hammer, all these great stories. And when he began to look into Armand Hammer's life, all of a sudden he began to realize, wait a minute. This guy lived a lie. He was never ever a millionaire at 21. In fact, 
He was a manipulator. In fact, what he did, he hired a promotion company to say lies about what he, what he wanted people to think he was, but he really wasn't all that he said that he was. And can I tell you something? You might not have a promotion company, but you have the enemy that will promote your lie. Amen? And make you, why don't you say this? Why don't you, we want people to think better of us than we really are. And see, not only do we lie to others, but we lie to God sometimes. Come on. You see, what happens is in Acts chapter 5, you can go back. I encourage you to go back and read it. God's moving in the church. The Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 3, Peter begins to speak before uh, thousands of people. They have a guy that, that, that was lame, begins to walk. He preaches the gospel. People get saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. God's working in the church. and There's people within the church in Acts 5. You see an interesting story where the believers are coming together and they're saying, you know what? We're going to sell our possessions and everything we make, we're going to give it to the gospel to promote the gospel for missionaries to go and tell people what Jesus can do in their lives. So they were excited and they all agreed they would give their money and help out anyone who was in need. But there was this one couple called Ananias and Sapphira. They decided that rather than give all the money they said they would, they decided to hold some back for themselves. In other words, they're going to make a big promotion and say, we're going to tell everybody we're giving everything we have. But really what they were doing, we're just going to, we're not going to really give everything. We're going to give, and we're going to make a big show of it. So that's what happened. And so Peter confronts them. If you look in Acts chapter 5, verse 4, it's going to be up here on the, on the board. And it says, what made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings. But to God, let me tell you what happened. What happened is, is Ananias comes in and he goes, hey, this is what we're given. And all of a sudden, after he presents his gift and stuff, he literally falls dead. Boom. How many of you know if you were a young man or a young woman dragging off a dead man, you go, I ain't lying. <laughs> then, he come, then his wife, Sapphira, comes in the room and she says the exact same thing. And all the young guys, here we go. <laughs> Bang, she falls. And the Bible says fear hit the church. How many of you know you might have the fear of God if that happened? Yeah. You imagine us having an offering to God. Right, I gave it all. No, they didn't. See, right here. take them out. We don't want that around here. But what happened is the more you lie and lie to God, the more and the more before long, you just not only telling lies, but you're actually living a lie. What do you mean, Pastor Bob? And that's where darkness gets really, really dark. You ever see people that just believe their own lies? See, not only do we, we lie to others, we lie to God, but sometimes we lie to ourselves. You see, we deceive ourselves through and through. Psalm says it like this. He says, look what it says. Help me understand the meaning of your commandments, and I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. I will weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. This is David. Keep me from lying to what? There it is. It says, give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. In other words, there are too many times in life to count when we actually, when we can deceive ourselves. We start believing our own life. Everywhere, everybody around you might say, well, you've just got a problem. You're like, I ain't got no problem. 
It'd be like someone come and go, brother, you got a, you got a drinking problem. I ain't got no drinking problem. I'm, I'm good. I don't drink. I just like lots of beer. I remember praying for a guy one time, and he said, will you pray for me? I said, yes, Lord. I began to pray for him. Lord, I pray. And this is what I'll pray. If they don't know the Lord, I said, Lord, I pray you continue to allow them to be miserable till they come to know you and help this poor drunk. He goes, shh, don't tell God I'm drunk. Like God goes, oh, he's drunk. How about marriage? One person would, I'm not the problem. Have you seen her? She is the problem. Then it might be the other side. I'm not the problem. He's a, you know what? You fill in the blanks. What? What you don't know is you are, part of, you are part of the problem when you're deceiving yourself. Thanks for all those amens. You see, one of the biggest fears, there are, are some of you that are lying to yourself about your own standing with God. You're saying, hey, I'm okay with God. The re- that scares me as a pastor. Listen to me. My job as a pastor is to get you to see something and head towards direction. All right? That you see, you know what, I can't continue to keep living this life. And it's not, it's not about changing, it's not about religion, it's about a relationship with Jesus. It's about falling in love with him. And saying, I'm motivated, not because of our Savior's church. God can use our church, but God wants to use his word. God wants to use truth to help you be set free in your life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so what happens is, is you can can live through life, and one of the biggest fears, there's just some of you that are like that. You know, as a pastor, when I meet you, I just want to see you going on with God. Come on, are you hearing me? I want to see growth. I want to see excitement. And you don't have to, to, you know, all that stuff. But what I'm saying is you go to church a little bit, but you don't really know God. And And at one time, let me just say that, and you really, you're not really, Walking how can, and leaning forward and making direction. And that just scares me. Are you hearing me? It scares me. There's a sobering verse that says this. It says, whoever says I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in him. In other words, you can say you're living a certain way, but you're really not living that way. You know, before I knew the Lord, I went to church. I went to lots of churches. My mother was Methodist. My dad was Baptist. My mama's mama was charismatic. My, mom's, my dad's mama was Jehovah's Witness. My mama left my, my dad, married another man, and he was Catholic. So I didn't need religion. I needed out my state of confusion. Amen? And when I would go to these other churches, like I'd go to the, I'm just going to tell you, when I went to the Baptist church, it was like the little Sunday school teacher was like the wicked witch of the West, and she wasn't getting my quarter that Sunday morning. <laughs> Are you hearing me? I would sit in my grandmother's church, and it was spiritful. They'd be running around with flags, like laying hands on people. People just, I mean, it was like God was really moving there. And me and my brother, we would smoke a joint before service. (laughs) And we were like, we're going to have fun today because they're crazy. (laughs) But they love God. But I didn't understand. Do you understand what I'm saying? And we'd sit in the back. We're going, yeah, yeah. And then people were like, devil boy, Jesus' name, you know. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know. 
Look at me. I was believing a lie that I was okay. But on the inside, I didn't know Jesus. I knew religion, but I didn't know him. See, why do we lie? That's why I love to come to our Savior's church in Jennings. Y'all always ask good questions. So why is it that we find ourselves believing the lie that a lie would be better than the truth? I like to call them make life easier lies. Come on. I mean, sometimes we go, you know, Pastor Bubba, you don't understand. When I do certain lies, it's not big lies. It's just white lies. I've never seen any colors in lies. We say things like, I don't don't want to hurt your feelings. And I want to make myself look better. Listen, I've learned. I've been married 30 four years in August. Come on. Come on. Hey, give it up for her. She's lived with me. That's all I got to say. But can I tell you something? I've learned this in marriage. The truth will set you free. Amen. Truth. Truth will. You know, this, like last weekend, we were going on a little family venture and we were going to go see the, what is it, the rain bridge in Lacassine, my wife had never seen the bridge, so we were going over there, and then, and then we were going over there, and, and, and I saw a log down below, I said, it's like a big old cypress log, and, and Nathan's there, and he goes, you know, and he's like, he's adventurous, he goes, I'll go get it, Dad, and I had some knee boots in the back of my truck, huh, okay, he's telling the truth, okay, but you said, all right, see, that's why they're in the front, and listen, Y'all wonder why I don't preach here that much anymore. I, y'all need to pray for me. Okay, okay, let me, I'm going to tell the truth. I did ask him, and he goes, they have knee boots in the truck. So he went to go get it, and I was telling him how to get it. And what happened, he hit a root, and he slipped and hit in the water. And he got wet, wet water in my boots and everything. And we were going to go to Lake Charles just to hang out. And so I'm like, and I'm, I'm like, I get mad. Because he goes, man, I can't go to Lake Charles like this. So I have to go by Dollar General and buy him some sharks. Like Dollar General, you know, like big deal. But I'm upset. I'm going to go home. I'm not going to Lake Charles. See, y'all going to pray for me more by the time this over. <laughs> and so I go get him sharks. And he goes, you didn't get me socks. So he went in and bought some Batman socks, all right? And me and Luke went in. Five, we got him $5 sharks or whatever it was. I don't remember. And we get out. And I'm like... How many of you ever just, like, lose it on your family? I'm feeling better already. Yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of lost it, and everybody's just real quiet. You know, he's got a problem. Dad's, wet, you know. And then finally I go, hey. I mean, I'm, Holy Spirit convicts me. I go, hey, before we go anywhere, I just need to talk to everybody. I looked at Tracy and said, will you forgive me for my attitude? I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? She goes, yeah. I forgive you. Look at Luke. Yeah, Nathan. Yeah, look at Livy. She goes, yeah, if you take me shopping. No, she didn't say that. No. <laughs> I just want to see if you're listening. Anyway. But I believe this. The Bible says the truth will set you free. Amen? You see, are you believing, you know, this will help me get ahead in life or my job? You know, once we start, lies typically begin to snowball. How many of those lies can snowball? How many ever had to tell a lie about a lie about a lie and you forgot about the lie to cover the other lie and so you feel like, I don't even know where the story goes anymore. Okay? And so what happens is before long you just start telling little lies but you start believing the lies and you start living the lie. 
Let me give you some real life examples, three of them, that they have some correspondence with people. And it says this. Here, they're talking about their life. And he says, my whole life, I've struggled with telling the truth. My problem is I hate to, to disappoint people. So if I've failed them, I lie about it. I also lie because I'm trying to impress people to convince people to do something I want them to do. I even lied to women in the past to get them to sleep with me. The second person said this. I pretend that everything in my life is perfect, but the truth is that I hate myself. And most days I wish I would die. My family and friends don't have any idea. No one knows that I think about killing myself every day. The third person says, my husband thinks I was a virgin when we were married. Not only was I not a virgin, but I had an abortion when I was 19. Now we can't get pregnant. I'm afraid God is punishing me for my lies. Please pray for me. I don't know what to do. I think you hear things like this and it just breaks your heart, doesn't it? When you hear people, what they're struggling, what they're going, I want to ask you something. Why do we lie? Why do I lie? Let me give you, I lie because some, some of you might say, well, I do it mostly to protect the feelings of others. Or I do it because I don't want to make myself, I want to make myself look better. Or some of you might say, I don't like what's going on in my life, so I say something else because I want everybody to think my life is going on better than it really is. Or some might say, I'm afraid of what other people would think if I told them the truth. Pastor Bubba, you don't understand. My lies are better than the truth. See, if you, you see, if I lie, here's a, if I lie, it'll bring me security, Pastor Bubba. The truth is, it'll make you more insecure. Well, Pastor Bubba, I'll get more. Truth is, you'll have less of what really matters in life. Well, Pastor Bubba, you don't know, I, I, uh, you know, I mean, people won't like me as truth is you can't have a real relation based on lies. If you build foundation with lies, you have no integrity. Are you hearing me? You can't build a foundation on lies. It will get revealed sooner or later. I remember going looking at a house one time with one of my sons and we were going to we were looking at we were interested in it. And I remember the guy we're looking at the house and all of a sudden it's raining and there's some leaks in the roof. And go, oh, oh, no, 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 no. That, and, and, I, and I asked him, does it leak like, oh, what? Um, all you got to do is put some caulk on it. I'm like, what? <laughs> then he's telling me all this other stuff, and we start looking around. I look at my son. It was Zach. I go, you don't want to buy a house built on lies. How many of you have ever had the house from the devil? You turn on the hot, and the cold comes out. See, I believe this. So, you know, Pastor, what, what do I do? Imagine right, right here is God's truth with a big T. Come on, right here. Truth. And over here, the further I get away from truth, I know that I'll lie. Come on. And so what happens is, is it's my true self. The further our true self is from God's truth, the more we'll lie. Come on. There, and the more I start to believe the truth about what God says, I step closer to the truth. 
of who I am. Instead of distancing myself from the truth. The Bible says he's the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. The Bible says the truth will set you free. In other words, you got to start believing the truth about God says I've been forgiven. And some of you, listen to me. The difference between conviction and condemnation. Condemnation said there's no way out. You'll always be this for the rest of your life. Conviction of the Holy Spirit said God will come to you and say, come on. Come on. Let's just get this right. Let's deal with this. And you know, if you get it right and you deal with it, let me tell you something. You can go on in life. And I believe there's a lot of people who don't understand the difference between the conviction of the, of the Spirit of God and condemnation of the enemy. And it just keeps you in a place. It keeps you down. Listen, if God says something about you, he really means what he says. When he says that he loves you, the Bible says that God demonstrated his love. Yet while we were yet sinners, while we were living a lie, we were doing all things, that Christ died for us. How do you know, much, how, how do you know God loves you? Because he came as the only sacrifice from his father that we could be right with God once again. Amen? That's love. You see, the truth is, not only have I been forgiven, when I believe that his freedom sets me free, I begin to get closer to the truth, and I begin to embrace truth rather than distancing myself from the truth. Am I making sense here? And see, what happens is, when I believe who I am and what he says, not what, what, what I think you think about me, I'm stepping a little closer to the truth. I get closer to the truth, not by what I do, but what I believe. I believe that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the first scripture I ever that I, I encountered. The Bible says if the truth, if the truth, the truth is not in you, if you lie, come on. And I begin to realize, wait a minute. I've been believing a lie, I've been promoting lies. My life is built on a lie. And 38 years ago, on May 15th, 1980, I bowed my knee and I said, God, I don't want to live that lie anymore. That I want to allow your truth. And out of just, I just bowed my knee and I said, God, come. And I had lots of stuff that I believed. Come on. I had lots of stuff. I was deceiving people. I remember my dad. When he came, he used to have a hardware store and a sporting goods store. I remember the day that he called me, I had a bunch of paraphernalia. You made pipes and little things that you could smoke dope with so the roach wouldn't burn your fingertips and turn them yellow. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. I'm talking to you. <laughs> Fell out of my pocket one morning. And my dad goes, what's this? Came to my apartment one other time and I had a shotgun on the wall. And he goes, hey, I've never seen that shotgun. Dad, you've seen that shotgun? It was a double-barrel shotgun. And in the barrel... He said, it, he cracked it open. There was a joint on each barrel. It was special stuff. And I never forget. I mean, he put that thing back up there. And he put it on the wall and he was shaking. I think he wanted to wrap the barrels around my head. And he, he was at my place and he looked at me. And I'm going to homogenize what he said. Okay? Because I can't tell you in church what he said. But he basically said this, son, if everybody got on the corner of that roof and jumped off, does that mean you have to? And I go, well, no, Dad. And this is what he said. Son, quit being like everybody, every other dead fish in, in this culture and floating downstream. Why don't you be a fish that swims against the current and 
let God do something in your heart. And he left me with that. And see, I believe. I believe this. When you lie, it gets scary. Because guess what? You're going to get caught. Thanks for all those amens. The more we tell lies, the harder it is to believe the truth. You see, that's where John says it. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Those aren't my words. That's the word of God. See, all you need to do is start believing truth. Say me. Say truth. True. Believe you are who, you see, who he says you are. Believe what he says about you. When you believe who he says you are, you're stepping closer to truth. The scary thing is, you know, it's like the more you, the more you resist that, the further away you get. I've learned this in my Christian walk. If I don't schedule my day and my time with God, people will make a schedule for me. Hello, I'm in the right church. I know y'all going, Pastor Bubba, you are such a liar. We are praying for you. Thank you. Keep doing that. But can I tell you something? There's a couple of kinds. The more you believe, and here's what I want you to understand. When I got set free on May 15th, 1980, I I got saved. I got delivered from a lifestyle of lying. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I went that night on McKinley Street. That's a strip in Lafayette where they used to have the keg, mother's manual, French Quarter. Don't shake your head like you've been there with me, but please, you know, just that's good. And I lived a lie. Because you know what? I'd meet friends and I'd tell them stuff. I was lying because I wanted to look good. Come on. Some of y'all been down the Red Rose in Lake Arthur. I've seen you. (laughs) Josh got your address. No, I'm teasing. I'm playing with you. I'm lying. No. But here's the thing. From that day, 38 years ago, I couldn't do anything consistent for more than two weeks. But I've been serving God for almost 38 years. And I'll just tell you this. I am just an example. What Josh said a while ago about the blood, which carried me in Revelation, he said they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and did not count their life dear unto themselves. In other words, I allowed Jesus' blood to be applied to all my lives, everything I believed before, and he washed my mind. I remember my girlfriend looked at me when I broke up with her and said, I can't date. If you don't give your life to Jesus, you, 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 I'm not, we can't date. And she looked at me, you've been brainwashed. I said, well, if you knew what was in my brain, you're glad God washed it. <laughs> Can I tell you something? I've seen God do so many things in people's lives. Some of you are sitting here this morning, and you know what? You were in a direction believing a lie. But you know what? As you've come here or you've gone other places, and you know what? All of a sudden, God begins to reveal himself, and you begin to see your lie, and you can't continue to live in that, that, that mode. You know, this is how I was lying. This is why I lied, Pastor. And I believe this. And look at me and I'm done. God loves you enough that he demonstrated his love towards you. That Christ came and he died to set you free. You need to believe it. And when you believe the truth, you can hide behind truth and embrace truth rather than embrace a lie.
Let me ask you a question, and then I'm going to be done. I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to pray. Look at me. I want to see the whites of your eyes. How many of you say, Pastor, I've lived the life of a, of a lie, but God has set me free, and I'm so grateful for that. Says, Just raise your hand real quick. You know what I mean? Okay, put it down. Let me pray for you. Let's pray. Bow your head, close your eyes. I'm done. Father, leave the lights. Father, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing here this morning. Thank you, God, for your conviction. Thank you that we don't walk in here condemned today. God, you're not the God of a second chance. You're a God of another chance. That God, thank you for your, your grace. But the other side of grace is hope. That we can place our hope and our trust in you. No matter what we face. No matter we, how we've lived. Maybe you're here this morning and said, Pastor Bubba, I haven't been living totally truthful. And I don't want to continue to live in a lie. I don't want to continue to be a people pleaser. I don't want to continue to make people think that, you know, if I do this or that. or I, I just don't want to be at a place in my life anymore, Pastor Bubba. Where I have to just keep lying about a lie. If you're here this morning and say, Pastor, Pastor Bob, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to begin to walk in the truth. I want to begin to embrace the truth that I can be forgiven and that I can walk in freedom. If that's you, no one looking around said, Pastor Bob, would you pray for me? Just raise your hand. I'll pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Put it down. Anyone else? In the back. Anyone else? I'm not going to beg you. Anyone else? Real quick. Real quick. Thank you. Anyone else? Let's pray this prayer. Before we pray this prayer, I just want, there's, there's a couple kinds of confessions I want to talk to you about. Then we're going to pray the prayer together. Is that all right? First thing is you got to confess to God for forgiveness. The Bible says, and what I just quoted a while ago, was 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means repentance. That means I turn from the way I've been living and I turn towards God's way and not my way. The second kind is confess to people for healing. What is that? James 5, 6. Confess your sins one to another and pray for each other that, that you might be healed. In other words, if I've sinned against someone, I go to them and say, will you forgive me for what I've done? And the Bible says you're to pray for them that God would help them and God would heal them. So let's just all pray. If you raise your hand, can we just all pray this prayer together? Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you took my guilt and shame and my sin on the cross. I believe you rose again on the third day. I don't want to live a lie anymore. Thank you for exposing it. Today, I don't want to live in darkness, but I want to walk in your light. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for believing a lie. Living a lie. Promoting lies. Today, I turn from them to be born again. And I want to receive you as my Lord and my Savior in the name of Jesus.